the twin flame theory takes the most tragic, challenging relationship and romanticizes it. Hi there, you're listening to The Empathetic Life of Psychic Medium Monique Empath. I'm Monique Empath and today I'm talking about the twin flame concept and how tragic, destructive, and problematic that concept really is. This concept of a twin flame is that there are two people who are essentially meant to be together. Um, there's Their souls are twin souls. They're the yin and yang of each other. They're the opposites of each other. And when they come together, they're supposed to create a whole soul. And they're... Um, when you meet your twin flame, there's this whole process that's grueling, agonizing, painful, challenging, but yet pleasurable, wonderful, amazing, unlike anything before, but grueling, but horrible, and all these, this type of chaos. And the concept is that you could work through this chaos with this person to learn stuff about yourself, to become a greater person, both parties are doing this and then you become a greater person and then the two of you could come together and be um uh um stronger individuals together and then there's a deeper mission about the twin flame concept where once they become that greater versions of themselves they come together and now they have the ability, the power to teach, um, educate or help and heal. This word gets used a lot. Heal others, heal other twin flames or just heal other people that this twin flame connection, once it's resolved and they become highly elevated, um, stronger beings that they are, um, spiritually adapt they're they're just empowered it's like the most cosmic kind of union that is um the mission is for there's also a story saying that the the highest level of human being is this unit and it gets broken apart split into two halves to go into the world and experience different experiences challenges, journeys, all these things, and then some to eventually come back together and be that higher being. So you can imagine this would be something that a lot of people would want to strive for. Like if this sounds, it sounds a little glamorous, but it also sounds like we all are striving to become greater versions of ourselves. And if I am the greatest, healthiest, highest vibrational version of myself, I would want to be with somebody who is also the greatest version, higher version of themselves. And that love would be amazing. There's also an archetype of um, the wounded healer and the, the wounded healer and then the like, 
the one that has to conquer something difficult to rise above it. It's like the hero, the heroic one. I don't know what the other archetype is. I should know for this. If you know, let me know. But anyways, so that's a twin flame concept. Now, that's the theory. So what happens is that often people will meet somebody um, and just feel so connected to them, so passionately connected to them, just so like, it just feels so good. It feels like a love that you've never had before and and it just feels so right you just that you you just you just feel like really good and it's usually often a very it's sometimes a first encounter sometimes it's not a first encounter sometimes you knew but the moment that you get to be together um intimately and not necessarily sexual but like together like the moment that you had that that real first conversation like this could be an employee at work that you've worked with for years and you've kind of been like mm, notice them they notice you but then there's this like time where you like bump in to each other at the lunch restaurant and then you talk and it's just like whoa like oh my god this is this is amazing okay and then you 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 want more of that you want to be with them you feel they want more of you you feel then you kind of start dating or you, you you go to a couple more lunches together and then one of them starts to pull away um one of them will start to say they're busy they can't or just really disappear like really just like just blow right off throughout the, like just I'm just trying not to cuss because I want this to be clean, but they just really just leave. They they just disappear. Like you'll see them at work, but they don't talk to you. You you they used to message you to say let's meet for lunch, whatever, and they don't like nothing. Like you don't know. They just completely disappear, and you're sitting there like feeling confused. Like what the heck happened? Like. It was, did I, like, what happened? You, you you do feel confused. You feel confused because usually in this kind of concept, um, nothing ever really goes wrong, like, that you're aware of. Like, it's not like you guys had a fight or whatever. They just stop talking. So you then go back and be like, well, you know, we were, we never, we're not married. We're not, like, official. Like, we were just having fun. So... I can understand that we might, you know, not date, but it felt so good. How could somebody just disappear? What's up? And this is usually the point where people say, oh, I think this is a twin flame connection. There's two parts of the twin flame connection theory. The one person who's sitting there like, what happened? They're called the, they would essentially be called the chaser. Not... Let's hold on to taking that literal as in like they're chasing the other person. They have to be with the other person, but that's just the term. And then they call the other person the runner. And that's the person who just kind of Fs off. Now, so it's at this point after those dates and after those things that people are like, what, like they feel like I'm not insane because they talked to me. They said how much. 
they cared about me. They and let's put the I don't want to gender like genderize it because, um, in the theory, in the theory, it's it's presented that most often the male is the runner and the woman is the chaser, but. People who um, subscribe to this theory will tell you that it's often flipped. Sometimes it's the female is the runner and the male is the chaser. It's often flipped. And in same-sex relationships, one fe- one party, the female, can be the runner and the other female can be the chaser. Like, it's, it's not genderized. But I honestly get both. I get many females who would consider themselves the chaser and I get many males who would consider themselves the chaser. It's it's pretty even. So I'm just gonna kind of keep with the chaser and the runner without genderizing, but I probably will, okay? But you get what I'm saying. Okay, so the person, again, I was just gonna do it, the female, the person will come to me and she'll say, there I go. Okay, so I'm gonna genderize it. Okay, but you get what I mean. She'll come to me and she'll say, you know, I, it's such a, like he, when, when we went on these dates, he would talk about how, like, I, like, how he's never met anybody like me, and I know he wasn't lying, and I feel it, but I feel like maybe this is what comes next, they say. I, is it, it, he, he, the relationship was so powerful, and the love was so strong that it scared him, so this is why he ran, and so they're coming to me to wonder, do I, when do I see them coming back, um, a lot of people are very um, educated or I guess because what happens when you're in this concept and then you hear about Twin Flame, you read a lot about it and there's a lot out there about it. So these people would be educated in the theory of it. So they'll say to me that, okay, so he's running and I know I need to let him run um, but I'm in so much pain and I'm missing him. I, I feel like I, I, you know, I'm speaking to him in my dreams. I'm, um, I, I know that we're communicating on a different level. And so the question would be, is he done his running part and getting to the end of that for when he comes back for a reunite, reuniting? That's a term that's used in this theory to a reunite when the twin flames reunite. So the idea is that the runner will get so overwhelmed by how powerful, how shocking the love is and the connection is that it just blows their mind and scares them and they just need to get away and get space. And what's happening with that runner in this theory is that they they are... They've never, their life path has been one where love and hasn't been um, presented to them often throughout their childhood or whatever. That's their spiritual journey to go through a life where they've either been abused or whatever it is, but they love has been a difficult emotion for them to have. They either never got it or they once had it and lost it, but it's a tragic love story for them, the runner. So when they meet their twin flame, that this is a love that's so real, so powerful that it scares them because in their experiences through life, they've had a hard time with love now that they're with this person and it's a healthy 
it's a real love, um, it scares them because they don't know what to do. You get that concept, right? And during that time when they're separated from their twin flame, the chaser, that they end up thinking about them because they they remember that they did like it. They're just scared about it. They think about them. They hope for it, but they're just not ready to accept love in their lives. They usually um, are going through um, healing relationships in their lives without the twin flame. So they're learning to forgive people, learning to accept, learning to not, basically learning to not be scared of love. And that's a whole spiritual journey that they go through on their own. And then once they've completed that journey and they really can say they can accept love, they've forgiven, they're no more broken or, you know, on the inside from tragic love relationships or fear of love or insecurities. Maybe it's an insecurity with themselves that they feel they don't deserve love. Once they heal all that, then they're able to come back to their twin flame and for the reunite and it will be loved. The chaser has a story too, but that's the idea. So the person comes to me and they're usually asking how far has their runner gone in the process? Have they worked things out? Are they getting closer? Are they getting closer? Are they healing more? Are, Are they, you know, when is the reunite? That's one of the questions. And then often what happens in the twin flame connections is that the runner will come back, will connect to the chaser, the other twin, and they have a wonderful time again. It feels like how it did. It's wonderful. It's great. And it's everything. And it feels like, okay, we finally can do it. And then they disappear again. They just F, F out. They just F right off. And then, of course, you can understand how tragic that must feel for the chaser, um, the other twin. And that, that would, in this theory, it means that they haven't healed enough. They haven't healed enough that they need more healing to do. The fear comes in is that the the chaser who's, let's say it's the chaser who's contacting me, which it usually is a chaser, but the chaser um, is fear. Underlining fear would be that the runner might heal and everything, but actually not want to be with the twin. In the theory of twin flames, it is that they will come back. They will. But the the fear is that, mm, what if they don't? And that's what keeps it kind of stuck, locked in, because you're stuck with the idea that they might come back. This person's not around you. It, sometimes it's months, years that they haven't been around. But you're stuck with that idea. You might date other people and everything, but you might, and some people don't, but some people do. And stuck with that idea that they might come back. There's also an explanation within the theory that sometimes the path of the runner, and I'll talk about the path of the chaser, and sometimes the path of the runner, like their healing process is so wrought with difficulties. They have so much um challenges with, love, accepting love, accepting themselves and whatever, that they're not going to make it back to their twin in this lifetime. That they're not. That they're going to stay either half healed or unhealed or broken, but they're not going to come back. And that if the runner ends up in a long-term committed relationship with someone else, 
um, sometimes it's said that they've accepted only half of their healing journey and that they've found somebody that they could um, not be the greatest version of themselves, but they can be an acceptable version of themselves with. <laughs> That's the idea. The chaser is presented to be the one who's more spiritually elevated, the one who's more aware of this situation. They're more aware of the twin flame concept. They're more aware of um, sending energy, receiving energy, connecting to people when you're not even close to them, connecting to people on different levels. They're, the chaser is often the person that's more um, open or understanding. Most of the times, the chaser is the only one who's using the terms twin and the runner isn't. There's times where the runner is using it and they kind of get their role and they understand, but it would be the chaser. Whether it's about the two understand it or not, the chaser is the one who has come, in this theory, has come a little bit further, a little bit further in their healing, in their spirituality. Okay. So the chaser would be represented as the one who's like grounded, like stays put. And, um, and then the runner's the one that comes in and out. The idea is that the chaser is supposed to, their story is to be able to let things go. Be able to love something, but be able to let it free at the same time. To be able to um, be committed to something, but at the same time to be, I guess you would say kind of maternal, like um, almost like with your children, like with children, if you don't have children, you raise them, you, you love them, you keep them close, and then you get to a point where they're older and you let them go make their own decisions and stuff, and you're the one that they can come back to and whatever. That's the idea of the chaser. So when the runner leaves and it's so painful and you just feel so heartbroken and so wrenched out, the work that they would say that the chaser needs to do is to be able to trust, be able to give people um, give give space to be able to be confident in your own power to to let you know let things be both good stories right both both pretty good right so the chaser has to um um would would learn to be stronger spiritually to be um more work on themselves to in you know improve so they can be strong like i guess um some concepts of how jesus gave this is i'm i'm going somewhere with this but the concept of how jesus gave up his life for the love of other people to be able to say heartbreak and loss hurts really well but if i can just be empowered and strong and find strength in myself that would make me a really strong person so i can um, know what loss is and accept it and keep going, those kind of things. So that's the idea of what the chaser should be doing. What happens, the challenge in this is that the chaser might end up becoming um, very attached to the person who's not there. So they live their lives in a way that the person is coming back. They don't want to date somebody else. They don't want to um, continue. And even if they're working on their spiritual, they 
they the challenges that they keep holding on to the idea that this person's coming back. When they're coming back, I miss them. We do connect all these ideas that you are still connected to this person. And the, the, the theory is the more that you focus on the person, the longer it will take your healing because you haven't learned to like let go, let be, release, and to be grounded and work on yourself. If you're thinking of that person, you're not thinking of yourself. So that's the challenge that the chaser has to overcome. I guess it could be represented in, they're both tragic stories, but it could be represented in maybe the chaser is too um, passive. The chaser is often the one, the kind of person who lets people walk all over them all the time and keeps, um, they don't have good boundaries. They let, people hurt them and stuff. And while they will understand the concept that the runner is not actually abusive in this way, like the runner has the right to run, the runner, we weren't in an actual committed relationship, so they won't. So they won't consider the runner as an abusive person. They consider all their other people in their lives, the boundaries that they don't have and stuff like that abusive. So the idea is that they should be working on um, being firm with boundaries, not being a doormat, being more independent, working on yourself, those kind of things. So they might have, the theory says that the chaser might have a person who's been abused or been used or been taken advantage of often, or is the type of person that gives, 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 gives without getting anything back. Um, and these are all challenges that they have because they have to learn when to, it's okay to give, but when to, you know, being yourself. So the runner's learning how to um, accept love in a world that they lived where they didn't get love or they didn't get good love or they were neglected and learning how to um, care for themselves um, and say that they deserve love, that they're a good person, they're worthy of it. And the chaser is saying is, is that they've given love so much, they need um, more healthier boundaries on who to give, when to give, um, um, being more firm, being more convicted and at the same time, being um, more worthy of a more um, healthy stuff. So that's that's the concept there. That's a very, um, I don't know what everybody's perception of that. When I heard that, it did make a lot of sense to me. I did make a lot of sense to me, but it was something that I was like, well, that's not what I want to ever be in. Like... <laughs> If I was in a relationship and maybe I thought that that person was a twin flame, it'd be like, well, I don't, like, I don't want this. Like, the the idea that we're gonna, at the end, come together and be highly spiritual together and be everything, to me, I'm like, why the fluff? Like, why all that? That part, again, for me at that time, way when I was hearing this, it made sense, but it also sounded like not romantic. Like the, like it didn't, and it didn't sound like, um, like sometimes when they say you go through a lot of pain to heal, I didn't see how that was, um, 
like, why was it glorified? Why would somebody want to be in a twin flame relationship? And if somebody was in one or didn't like necessarily want to, but they thought one, I like, I was wondering why people weren't more like, oh no, why did this happen to me? Like, I didn't understand why it wasn't more tragic, but instead the, the, what I was hearing from other people was like, Yes, it hurts, but they're excited to be on this journey and they feel like they have something so special and it it's so rewarding. And I was the opposite. So I went for this for a while until I started to, the more I started to think of the concept and because I did feel that I might have been in a relationship like this, I started to look at the behaviors of the person and Anything that you can look up when you, if you don't type in twin flame and you type in these behaviors, it comes up with avoidant personality and that would be the runner and um, the chaser would be preoccupied personality. Well, it's not personality, avoidant attachment and preoccupied attachment. And those are theories, those are concepts that are used in psychology. And everything that you read about the avoidant attachment style match exactly what was happening, what the same concept was about the runner and the twin flame. And everything about the preoccupied um, attachment style matched everything about what the chaser was. So I was like, oh, okay. Now, the twin flame theory, also for me, it it came with a lot of like mission for the world, God, the power of the angels, those kind of things. And I never really connected to that kind of talk. So when I heard the psychological concept and the, the studies and the research and the science behind it, that that resonated with me better because I can't connect to like the angels and the gods and all that. So that connected to me. So that's what opened me up to start to learn about preoccupied attachment, avoidant attachment, anxious attachment. There's different types of attachment disorders. Disorders. There's different types of attachment styles. They're not disorders. They're styles. There's a way of how people um, attach. Attach in this concept means connect um, in relationship attachments and, and we're talking about intimate relationships, but it could be with, um, a mother, a daughter, a brother, a sister, or how people relate to people and their friends. So I'm going to speak on what I've, in my words, what I've learned from this. I'm not going to try to say what the exact thing, cause I, I can't unless I look it up, but I, again, I will, I didn't do the last time, but I will post, um, these two theories um, attach the, these type of attachment styles. And I'll also post a video of a psychologist that I admire just because he talks about it a lot and he lost. And that's Dr. Kirk Honda. Um, he has a, he's on YouTube and I'll link all his information below, but he talks about it and he can speak on it on a, um, like a professional level. I'm going to speak on it based of, I'm learning from him and this is what I'm like, this is what I'm regurgitating back. So you develop different attachment styles by the way your race or your first contact with humans. So from birth to whoever your caregiver was, whoever was giving you any type of attachment feelings and on. 
And they say that these are, again, just like a lot of personality or behavioral styles. These are um, established at a young period in time. So I guess from birth to maybe five years old or birth to a, a younger time, so your childhood. Um, and so you develop certain types of attachment styles based on how you got attachment um, growing up. A person who is, or a child who um, they were either neglected, um, abused, they could have been abused as well, physical, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sometimes abuse or neglect. Um, so that's the avoidant attachment. A person who possibly in childhood like try to get love, try to, you know, show vulnerability. Oh, I fell down. I'm hurt. I'm sad. Or, oh, there's a monster in my closet. Or, oh, I'm too scared to go there. Like, you know, typical things that children do to vibe for affection, or maybe even just try to come in for a hug and got turned down for that. Or when they did cry and stuff, they were told to, come on, get up, get over it, those kind of things. They were shown that being vulnerable and, and, and expressing their feelings and being just vulnerable wasn't going to get them a good response. And they learned that being more independent, more focused on other things, that's what got them a good response. And that would equal the, tw the twin that's considered the runner. The twin that's considered the chaser would be the preoccupied one in the psychological theory of attachment theory. The child doesn't feel secure at all. So unlike the avoidant where they didn't get that affection and they had to be strong and independent, this child is like unsure. They may try to do things to get attention and then it works. And then they do things to get attention and it doesn't share. So a very unstable um, situation. That's it. Unstability, a very unstable, a non-consistent behavior causes a preoccupied child, which you can see how that would grow up to be a preoccupied adult where they're just unsure. And from what the psychologists and I've seen is that you would, to me, it always looks like that the preoccupied attachment style would come off like the person is just like constantly needing attention constantly. But I find that the preoccupied person seems to be okay with letting an attachment go, like they can move on, but they're not very good with the uncertainty of it or or they feel um they need to be they need to be reassured very often what i guess i'm trying to say in the twin flame concept is that that preoccupied person is not likely to leave a relationship they're more to stay in it and stress about it um and not to say that they're going to hold on to the person who wants to leave but the the worrying about, oh my gosh, are they leaving, is part of the story, is part of the the thing. So that makes sense for the twin flame connection, the the um the the chaser. Because the chaser will say to themselves in the twin flame concept, the chaser will say to themselves, Oh, okay, I know that the runner needs to run, 
but I just need to know if they're coming back. I need to know when they're coming back. I need to know those kind of things. Need to know. And if I date somebody else because we're not together and they're on their runner path, um, I'm still stuck on, I just need clarity. I need to know. I want to know what's going on. Instead of being able to say, they ran. Okay, that's that's the end of that. I'm going to move my life in a different direction. And if they come back, they come back. If not, they not. That's what the twin flame theory is trying to, um, I guess, state. That's what the chaser should do in order to reach this nirvana of higher personality higher relationship connectedness I guess so I don't subscribe to the twin flame theory the idea that you're sticking to it because you are expecting something greater I just don't think that's a good concept to tell somebody to Stick with something that makes you uncomfortable and you challenge and that you have to put so much weight on yourself just to make that work. I'm not working on myself just to make a relationship with someone else work who's not even with me. You understand? There are relationships where you can come together and you have challenges and they have challenges and you work on that and it doesn't have to be so tragic it doesn't have to be so tragic it's interesting how the twin flame theory takes the most tragic challenging relationship and romanticizes it and has people staying in these situations because of this like hope that it's going to bring them the best thing ever when in fact sometimes being in a relationship with an avoidant person may call for a boundary to say this is not something that I feel good with and I'm going to um, not be in it and I'm going to go towards other things. There are other relationship um, attachment styles in the system. I think there's avoidant, there's preoccupied, there's anxious, there's fearful. Um, there's some others that work a little bit better together. So the point, so the idea is that those other ones, they're still challenges, but they work kind of better together. Another thing is that certain really unhealthy, tumultuous relationships where they're together, they're not, they're together, they're not, um, they're mean to each other, they're whatever, gets, I feel, excused as, oh, it's a twin flame relationship and that's what's supposed to happen. I don't think so. I think in life that when you feel good, things are good. When you feel bad, that's a sign something isn't working. And I appreciate the twin flame concept of really stressing the fact of the two individuals have to work on themselves, but it doesn't make it, you should be working on yourself just because you're working on yourself. And sometimes the challenges that you have with yourself might actually not be so much of a detrimental challenge with someone else. So if I'm a person who is a little bit more preoccupied and if that person, if my partner doesn't text me 
so often and I just need that reassurance all the time and I'm with a partner who's not avoiding and is comfortable reassuring me when I need to saying hey you know I oh I see that you were worried okay you know what I just want to tell you I care about you so much and you mean so much to me and I don't want you to feel anything I'm here for you you know here's a hug then that will help the preoccupied person get their attachments needs met and it won't cause so much strife but if a person who's so worried about people leaving them and what they're doing ends up with a person who always leaves that's so challenge that's so um i'm gonna say it's so unhealthy (laughs) it's so unhealthy and that person is using up all this energy with this, not because, in my opinion, within the twin flame theory, because they're happy within that moment and they have these glimmer moments of happiness, is because they're anticipating way long down the road, they don't even know of something that's going to happen. So it's almost like committing to live in misery and challenge and all this self-work and I have to work on myself and forcing that something is wrong with you. And that's why earlier when I said that these types of attachment styles can be created, connected to disorders, but they don't have to. You could be a healthy person with no personality disorder and just aren't as vulnerable and struggle with that. And that's something that you have to struggle with. Again, the person who's avoidant and needs space all the time and does that might do well with a person who there's an attachment style, get it, called secure, that you're okay to be really independent, you're okay to be vulnerable. They might do, that avoidant person might actually do well with somebody who's more secure because that secure person will let them be free when they need to, um, not need um, certain signs of vulnerability as much as the other person that they can, you know, they feel secure within themselves to say that person cares about me. They got things going on, those kind of things. So again, both, both twins can do really, really well and be healthy and continue to work on themselves with other, um, connections and not this twin flame. So that's why I don't subscribe to the twin flame theory. So when people say, oh, I have a twin flame, I usually say, I'm just not the reader for that because I am not going to look at it or see it with the perspective that you have. Um, I'm going to, then I say, well, you could just read it. I'm going to read it exactly, but I'm not going to be able to comment on how long you should wait for this person. I'm not going to be able to comment on how long do I have to wait for them to heal for us? How close are we to this ascension? I won't see that. I won't see, I don't see, I never, when I even like um subscribe to the twin flame theory, I never saw that. Like in reading people, I never saw that. I don't see it. I don't see that concept. It's almost like somebody asking me to say, what is my spirit guide telling me? And I'm like, I don't hear spirit guides. I could tell you what I see about the situation. Hi there, Monique Empath here to tell you to click on the next episode where I go into the dangers of the twin flame concept.